it is a regular afternoon. It is not a point of which for the next hour or so. Sorry, I didn't know which one to pull down there. I'm talking about the faders, of course. Um, uh, by the way, before we start, I just happened to spot an online uh, tweet here from Ali London in the UK. And I just thought I'd read it out to you very briefly because it just shows you the state of the world that we live in at the moment. And I'm going to just read this out to you. A Scottish man who raped a 13-year-old girl smiles as he leaves court. Now, there's a picture of a guy underneath, 24 years of age, smirking as he was walking out of court. As his conviction is dropped due to liberal laws enacted by the Scottish government. Remember, of course, what he was accused of, repeatedly raping a 13-year-old girl. The 22-year-old man repeatedly raped the 13-year-old girl when when he was 17 and was originally sentenced to do unpaid work for his crimes. In April last year, he was spared jail by a judge at the High Court in Glasgow and given just 270 hours of unpaid work for his punishment, in other words, community service. He has now uh, had his conviction overturned because he's under 25, because under new court guidance in Scotland, this is how mad the world has become, criminals under the age of 25 are treated more leniently because allegedly their brain is immature. The judge uh, that originally handed down the unpaid work sentence said he would have given him four to five years in jail if he'd been over the age of 25. And there's a picture of him walking out of court. He's actually laughing. He's got his hand up to his mouth and he's laughing because he's so jubilant that he's getting away with raping a 13-year-old girl. I'm sure somebody won't be long wiping that smile off his face. Anyway, what a horrible, horrible man. And so, feel so sorry for the victims, her mother, her father, her family. It must be terrible. Absolutely awful. Anyway, I want to move on. And I want to get your input today. It's very important, by the way, that we get your input to the show every single day. Remember, you can text or WhatsApp at any stage on 85 That's 85 And I spotted this article in uh, Grip Media uh, yesterday, and it was an interesting read, and it said basically it was a newly published study that found that renting privately is related to faster biological ageing. Researchers claiming that the impact of private renting has a greater impact than experiencing unemployment. And researchers from Essex University and Adelaide University conducted the research published on Tuesday in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health, which found that the stress linked to renting has a very negative, negative impact on your health. Now, the programme for government in Ireland, agreed by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and the Green Party, commits to referendums on housing and extending the franchise to Irish citizens living outside of the state. Work on the referendum on housing has been delayed amid disagreement over the recommendation for the constitutional reform. In other words, the wording. The Housing Commission, which has been tasked with developing options for a referendum for Minister of Housing, Dara O'Brien, O'Brien said uh, he has yet to agree on the final wording or sign off on its report on the issue. Now, our constitution contains an overt protection on the right to private property while making no mention of the right to housing. In our constitution, and bear with me on this, Article 43 protects private property and prevents the state from abolishing the right to private ownership or the right to transfer property. Article 43 recognises the right to private property but must be regulated in the interests of social justice and permits limits on the right in those interests in the interests of common good. A right to housing is not mentioned anywhere, nor is there any guidance in the text, in the Constitution, on how to balance the right to private property with the requirements of the common good. Now, you do have a right to shelter in Ireland, but that doesn't mean you have a right to a place called home or four walls around you and a roof. I mean, that essentially means we can put you in temporary accommodation, in a hostel, or even give you a tent. Now, those who argue for the right to a home say inserting a right to housing in our constitution will eliminate any doubt that property rights can be appropriately restricted to allow access to decent, affordable and secure housing for all. 
those against the idea say it would be an impossible task and it would only add to the intergenerational intergenerational dependency on state and welfare and housing, which is already quite, I suppose, high for a small population. As it is, we spend billions on social housing, HAP schemes, you know, for private landlords, I suppose, and temporary accommodation. We spend billions every single year for both Irish citizens, refugees, asylum seekers, and everybody else. But should everybody have a constitutional right to a home? Every citizen, protected under the Constitution, of course, have a constitutional right to a home. What do you think? So the referendum is most likely going to be next year before the election. I imagine it'll be a, a double referendum with the woman's places in the home and a right to a home in the same constitution. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll run them separately. I don't know. But Or they could run three or four of them at the same time because we have a few referendums to do in the next few years because the constitution has to be updated all the time. So how would you vote? You're standing there. You're in the polling booth and you have an option. The right to a home. That means that everybody in the country will have a right to a home. No matter what your affordability is, no matter what you work at, no matter how much you earn, no matter how poor or how rich you are, essentially you have a right to a home. Now, if you're rich, you can buy your own, of course. But if you're poor, you still should have a home or a place that you can walk in, close the door and say, this is my home for life. You won't be moved around from rented accommodation to rented accommodation because according to the research, that puts the ears on people. And I'm sure it does. Now, Peter Dooley is from the Renters' Union and has been arguing this for years. And now, I suppose, Peter, good afternoon to you. The proof is in the pudding. It's uh, it's kind of ageing us, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Niall, thanks for having me on in the, in, the, in the first instance. And absolutely, I've been arguing this for a significant number of years in terms of uh, the impact of stress and mental health on people in private rented accommodation. And uh, this just is the, mo- the most recent study, the Essex and Adelaide University's most recent study, to back up what I've been saying in terms of the uh, showing the biological impacts of uh, the stress on the mm-hmm. hu- human, um, in, in terms of uh, being in insecure accommodation, there's huge issues around uh, backs up other research from other institutions such as Harvard and just Joseph uh, Roundtree Foundation a number of years ago brought out a key indicators of people in private rented accommodation such as the impacts of anxiety, losing sleep, um, being depressed, feeling worthless, lack of happiness. You know, all this other stuff being downhearted and huge issues on people uh, right, not having a proper secure home to call their own. And that is a huge um, the, uh, damning indictment of government policy, which is reliant on the private market to provide a home for people in society and hence has forced people into uh, insecure private rented accommodation. And hence we have a huge housing and homelessness crisis. Uh, mm. They don't build enough public housing. They've sold off a lot of council housing stock uh, and they've put everything into the private market, rather than actually looking at a foundation block for any civilised society, is to have a secure, uh, dignified existence. And that that is an inalienable, I would find, human right for people, uh, whatever society you live in, to have a foundation block, that you have a secure place to live. And, you know, who knows what can you achieve uh, if you start with a foundation block of a society in terms of an economy and a society, that people have that security. Because obviously the impacts and all the indicators are there. The, mm-hmm. the, the science... Studies are backing all this up as well, um, and it's it's a real life experience. I mean, look, there's no, but Peter, there's no doubt it's quite stressful for somebody who doesn't have the money to buy a house and they're renting, and maybe getting you know a handout or whatever it is from the government as well to assist them with that rent on the housing assistance program, or might they might have low income and they can't afford to live where they work, and there's no doubt that can have a huge impact on people's stress anxiety levels. But there is an argument out there that that's life, that we can't always get everything we want. 
And you know, and people will argue, well, why should I pay? Because I can afford it. Why should I pay 350000 for a house? And you know, and Mary gets one next door for nothing because she has an inalienable right, as you say, to a home. Well, that's incorrect. Look, if anybody wanted, I've no issue when people wanted to buy a private house. If you want to buy a private house, you're more than welcome to if you have the means to do so. But all I'm talking about is the foundation block of the society where, no, where people have that secure security from, uh, essentially, from young children and families. Like, a lot of children are living in emergency accommodation today, you know, and there's no need for it. It's inhumane what's happening. And it is a modern-day Magdalene Laundries, I would argue, because it's, it's a real cry and shame that's been happening in front of our eyes, and it's become normalised. Uh, issues around homelessness have become normalised, and even issues of demonising people, for instance, on social housing has, has become normalised because there's no such thing as a free house. People pay relative to what your income is. And well, well, be, well, there kind uh, of is. That, that's a bit of a myth. There's no such thing as a free house. There is such thing as a no, free I house. No, I disagree. I disagree. I mean, well, hang on. Because not everybody who's in social housing, by the way, is unemployed, right? Let's be clear about that. Or not everybody in social housing is receiving a social welfare payment. But in saying that, if you're unemployed in Ireland, and there are generations of people unemployed in Ireland who depend or have dependency on social welfare payments, and you're saying to me they get a social house and it's not free, well, of course it's free because the money that they're getting, they're not earning it. The money that they're getting and they're paying their 20 euro rent a week or 30 euro rent a week, that money is coming from the state. So they're, well, so, pay, so it well, is free. But there is supposed to be a welfare system in the state. A lot of people are living in poverty in Ireland as well. And there are a lot of other issues with people with disabilities. And, and significant issues, like it's very hard to, to have these broad sweep and generalizations about you know, people that are on welfare. There's a lot of myriad of factors behind that intergenerational no, absolutely. poverty. No, I'm not saying there isn't, but don't, but don't tell me that you know, there isn't people getting free accommodation. Of course there is. Because the money oh, that well, there are people who are living off the state and the money that they're getting from well, the state, they're paying uh, uh, their rent. I'll tell you exactly who's living off the state. Who's living off the state are the, a lot of the private uh, Politicians. institutional, bigger <laughs> landlords are getting a billion euro in tax, in uh, housing assistance payments, which is a transfer of your, you and I and all of your listeners' public money to private hands year after year after year. And this is what the government's solution is. Uh, and they talk about being economically proven. But, that, but that's because they're we don't economic, have enough housing. But, here, but here's the thing, Peter, right? Let's say we run with your argument, right? And we say everybody's entitled to a house, right? Or, or four walls around them and a door, right? And so where are these houses going to come from? We have an inability at the moment, currently, with the, the Constitution as it stands, to provide shelter for people. We have an inability to build affordable housing. And I completely agree with the idea of affordable housing or even shared ownership or the government providing the money for people to buy with no interest on paying back, etc., etc. I agree with all those kind of solutions, right? But when you were saying building these houses, you know, you had the Labour Party there saying they were going to build a million social houses. Now, I, you could just pick a fig, figure out of the sky if you want to. I, yeah. could, I could run for office tomorrow or for government tomorrow and say, I'm going to build two million houses. Sure, where am I going to get them built? There's no one to build the houses. We can't build them quick enough. I mean, there's not a question. Money is not an issue here. And you know that as well as I do when it comes to building houses. It's the logistics of building houses is the problem. And you rightly said we sold off a lot of the Dublin Corporation stock and Cork County Council stock many, many years ago, which we shouldn't have done. But we did. And people made money out of that, of course. Families made money out of it. So we shouldn't have done that. We would have had all that stock. But if you keep building social housing... You'll eventually you'll have too much of it. I mean, there has to always be a need because if there isn't a need, we will have too much of it. Do you understand the point I'm trying to make? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think the point you, point you made about the council housing is important because it's still to this day, the uh, 
the councils are now are, are using day-to-day funding by selling off council housing, a huge discount to people. A lot of these are still in the private market. This is still a political uh, decision. And this is backed up by a lot of political opposition who actually don't look at the real life situation and think of the impact of public housing that should be used for this and future generations. A second issue around uh, the stock we have, we have a, uh, a glut of vacant homes all around uh, Dublin City, all around Ireland as well. We see a, a scourge of dereliction, which is state-sponsored abuse up and down uh, the country. You, walk, you go through any town or village in Ireland, and you'll see empty properties for years and years and years. The whole place has fallen into disrepair uh, because they've had lack of vision to, to provide a home for people in those areas or business. Because they don't have the staff. Build a proper community. But, they don't, but Peter, uh, they, well, the biggest owner of vacant properties is the state, right? And, but, and the reason for that is because the amount of people who have maybe left their social housing and they've moved on to another social house or whatever it is or onto their own purchase home, whatever it happens to be, the state takes over that house you know, boards go on the windows for 18 months. And the reason for that is because they have to get the house ready for the next person. There's a standard that's set there. And the reason that standard is set there, because in the past, they've probably been sued by people because a nail is sticking out of a wall or something like that, right? So they have to get it ready. It has to adhere to a certain standard. Otherwise, they can't give it out to somebody. Now, you know, where are you going to get the people to actually get these houses ready? We don't have the people. We don't have enough people going into apprenticeships, into construction, yeah, plasters, electricians, plumbers, kitchen fitters, all those other people to get those houses ready. You can't just magic those people up out of thin air. That's the problem. Well, I, I, I agree. And I've been saying that also for a number of years about doing proper apprenticeship schemes, for instance, in Dublin City Council, uh, for instance, I know even close enough to where, where, where I live, there's one carpenter that looks after a, a range of a 2,000, supposed to be 2,000 houses, and they've outsourced a lot of this stuff to private companies rather than actually, rather than encouraging young people with proper trades and proper apprenticeships and to encourage them to work in, work in uh, councils through proper pay and then having uh, homes to live in in the local communities. They've done it through flat complexes up and down the country. Uh, but that's, but that's never going to happen. But, no, it's never going to happen. because well, if you're, it, it, No, it's it, not. I'll tell you why. Because if you, if you get an apprenticeship with the council to be a carpenter, as soon as you're qualified, you're going to go out on your own anyway because you'll make more money. So that's never, nobody's going to stay working in the council as an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter or whatever it is. You'll take a contract with them because you work self-employed and you make more money. So no one's going to do well, that. Well, the issue is with the council. They've out, well, you know as well as I do. You see it up, up and down uh, the country in the context of uh, the council work being outsourced to private contractors. They've ran down and they've, they've attacked a lot of council. Like a lot of council workers have been demonised also as well because, you know, people have this sort of impression to say, oh, they don't do any work and all this sort of stuff. It's a lazy argument. It's always thrown at, uh, at people where rather than looking at the, the real crux of the issue and everything about the market will, will decide everything. Leave it all to the market. Leave housing to the market. Leave outsource everything. But, that, but that's because it works better. Because you, you, let's be real here. You know, we've all seen the picture of five fellas standing around a hole and Dave with the shovel in his hand digging the hole. So we've all seen that photograph or that type of photograph. So when you deal with private companies, that generally doesn't happen because they're getting paid for the job. Unlike the council, well, I disagree where it's a salary. Because I, I, I can disagree with that. I'm not saying they're all know, bad I, workers, I, by the way. I'm just well, saying lot, there's no urgency. People, a lot of people. That, well, well, look at it. Look at the parks. Look at all the other issues going on in, in uh, Ireland as well. The lack of maintenance in local uh, communities up and down the country, uh, everywhere. Like the lack of maintenance of places. Like you look at the, the, a lot of uh, council staff who are on like now CE schemes. Like pay 20 euro on top of what their welfare payment is, doing the job of somebody who's an employer. And they're outsourcing it out to these uh, other 
bigger group okay. than I already Okay, but were. getting back to the you right, know, right to a house, because we're going to have a, t- a tangent in a bit. Okay, so you would like to see the constitution change where everybody has a right to a house. Now, what, what do you, or a home, what do you class, what's your definition? Is that somewhere that you turn a key and you're there for life, no matter what happens in your so, life? Somewhere that's secure and somewhere that's affordable uh, for people, relative to people's uh, income and earnings or whatever their, uh, their, their income stream is and somewhere that where they have security. So, so security. where is the ambition then, Peter? You know, if, if I uh, am of the, the ilk that I decide that I don't want to work, right? Now, I'm not saying that happens too often, by the way. There's always going to be a small amount of people who take advantage of a system, right? But if I am one of those people who decide, should I bother me whole work? And should the, head, the state will give you a house anyway? Well, there's a small percentage of people, a uh, very small percentage, again, who, which, which a lot of people generalise and, and use everybody as being this example of being uh, lazy and, you know, all the sort of not, narrative that's been spun out there as well. Leo Varadkar famously went on this stuff about welfare cheats and all this sort of stuff at the time. Uh, you know, always trying to demonise people and punch down rather than look up at the people who are making uh, huge profits in Irish society, in international society, uh, the corporate landlords, all the rest of them, that they are making huge money now. Like in, in the recent budget, They've given more tax breaks to landlords. And what has he, what has he done for ordinary people? Uh, a renter's credit, a facile credit of another 250 euro uh, a year for sky-high rents. Okay, uh, well, 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 hang on. Do me a favour, and we could talk for hours about the budget. I think it was the worst budget ever, really, when you're looking deeply into it. Uh, Peter, just stay there for a second. And uh, let me go to Morris as well. Morris, hi, how are you? Hello, brother. Uh, good. Good, thanks, Niall. Um, I have a few points to make. Um, like I've heard that argument said pre- uh, so many times by the likes of people before profit, and it's a load of rubbish. Um, like, for, like for instance, these corporate landlords—they're only a fraction of the market. But the most, most of the rental market is made up of the likes of you or me, who inherited the parents' home or a bachelor uncle, let's say. And those people, you know, they've been up until now. They've been paying the guts of fifty percent tax on the income that they receive from the rental property. Um, whereas with the corporate landlords, let's say that these pay, uh, vulture funds, they've been paying little to no tax. Um, mm. So it's only quite right that, the, you know, there's no incentive really as well because what what if you get a nightmare tenant? You mm. know, they have more rights than the, the owner has. And oh, I've seen that recently, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. And they could do a pile of damage. How, how are you going to recoup that? Yeah, and uh, you know, like it's why would you bother d- deal with those people? That's why you see a lot of people just go to Air- Airbnb. They don't want to deal with your dinos or whoever doesn't want to pay anything, pay anyone for anything, and the government isn't doing anything about it. So, like, where's the incentive? And like, a big fear among a lot of people is that this this bill, if it became law, um, written into constitution, could lead to the establishment of some something similar. Like the land commission, if you remember us, where let's say hypothetically, if there's another crisis, that uh, the government could say right to you and I, let's let's say you inherited a house uh, somewhere in Galway or wherever it is from your bachelor uncle or your mother's side or whoever it is, hypothetically, and the state could say right in that scenario, we're going to take that and we're going to give you whatever we feel like giving you, you know, like that's that's. But we already have compulsory purchase orders. Yeah, but like I mean, you it's, see it's it on a, a grand scale. Yeah, but it's all, yeah, but it's already in the constitution that the state does have the right, by the way, to remove that property from me if it's in the interest of the common good. Now that's in every constitution and every law in the world. Because when you have a situation like, where you know we need to move forward as a country and say build a motorway or whatever it happens to be, you know the state needs to do something with the land, build a hospital if we ever get it built. Yeah, but like, I mean, you have compulsory purchase orders. 
Yeah, but the, the solution the solution is it's quite easy, but no one wants to talk about it. Is that you know it's all about density. No one wants to to build high rise parkings. You can do it right. It doesn't have to be Ballymun. As long as you have the amenities and you have, if it's proper planning is put in place, like if you go to Copenhagen, you go to Amsterdam, um, if you had proper transport, um, you know, like the trains and the dart or whatever it is, you know, people, people, you know, it, it'll become cheaper if there, if the density is there. But if people want this, oh, I want a front garden or back garden because oh, my man's in Ballyfermot, like that, like you're you're not going to get that. You have to put that out of your head. Um, you know, it, it's all about shared spaces is the future. Like if you go to Amsterdam, it's all they have shared spaces because you know, like if you look at the population, it, Amsterdam, it, um, the Netherlands is the size of Munster and they have mm-hmm. about fifteen million people. So, like, people have to be realistic. Um, so, like you, you don't think it's realistic to, to insert a line in the Constitution that everybody has a right to a home? You don't think that's realistic? So like, that's, that's like saying, oh, I have a right to, to a mistress. I have a right to... Like, I have a right you know, to a like, car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's all rubbish. Well, 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 well hang on. Sorry, Peter wants to say something to you there. Sorry, Peter Doody from that's, Dublin. That's, uh, that's incorrect. A right, a, right, a right to a home is a fundamental... Uh, fe- building block for a society. Like it's a civilised society. So it's facetious to make remarks and say it's a right to a car, a right to a mistress. They're facetious remarks and they're, 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 that's the ridiculous argument you always get. Uh, a right to a home is a fundamental well, why right. Is it rid- but why is it a ridiculous argument? At the moment you have a right to shelter. It is. It's facetious to say you have a right to a mistress. It's why would you, but, but, but right the point he's making is it's, why do you have a right to it? The basic I, foundation blocks of a society would be a right to a home, a health service. No, the basic funda- foundation of, of a good society is to support everybody as much as you can and to help everybody and to make things affordable and I don't disagree with that. But to say that you have a right, the point Morris is making is to say you have a right to a home is like saying you have a right to a car. You know what I mean? Okay, or you, universal, universal I have a right to a PlayStation. You know what I mean? The Universal like, Declaration of Human like, Rights says we have a right to adequate housing. The European Social Charter says we have a right to uh, an adequate home as well. Uh, a lot of these countries have put it into their constitution and, and legislated for it. I would argue that the legislation is vitally more important than what it says in the constitution because it, what's in practical terms is the legislation that could be immediately uh, introduced to provide security for people, for instance, in their homes, such as banning evictions until we get long-term security. Okay, so, so let, let's take it. Well, banning Airbnbs as okay, well. Airbnbs. Okay, well, hang on one time. Let me just take your argument. Sorry, Morris, I'll come back to you in a second. Uh, let me just take your argument, Peter. So let's say the state, let's say we have a right to a home. State gave me a social house and the rent, uh, I'm unemployed, but the rent is 20 quid a week, right? And I decide, sure, I'm not going to pay it. Like, by the way, a huge amount of people currently when it comes to Dublin Corporation are owed something like 35 or 38 million in arrears, right? Okay, so I decide I'm not going to pay it. At what point does that right disappear? Does it ever disappear if I never pay for it? No, I, th- I, think, I think the issue is with the rent arrears. It's a serious issue with Dublin City Council. And to tell you the, the truth with that matter, I, I would put it down to a failure of the authorities looking after uh, the rent. rent it's not, not, a, fa- not a failure of the people to pay it? I would just stop here. But people have, have a personal responsibility to pay their rent. People. Okay, you're not answering no, my question. Okay, no, well, you're, not, you're not answering my question. My I'm question not, is, I, at I'm what point does... This is deliberate. This okay. is deliberate. No, it's deliberate. Obviously, you can't say, well, listen, if somebody's been, uh, you know, acting totally, you know, in, in a way that's totally... Uh, you so know, they haven't paid uh, their rent in three years. What happens? Do they just leave them there? It, it, it should be looking at individual cases. Individual services. Just answer the question. Just answer the question. Well, you can't have a society where, for instance, if somebody, for instance, is throwing caution to the wind with everything and then they don't give a damn uh, obviously there has to be some sort of uh, 
you know, rules in place. So they get well, chucked out. You know, so they get chucked out. But to, 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 to an extent, well, okay. that's, 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 that's the furthest argument you would say. But the, 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 the way it is, you have to look at the reasons behind it. You look at Dublin City Council, this is a practical experience. A lot of tenants are living in damp, moles, rat infestations. Absolute uh, dives they are. And, 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 and that shouldn't be the case. No, no, hold on, Peter. I agree with you. That shouldn't be the case. Sorry, Morris, you want to say something to Peter there? Go ahead. Like most people, for instance, you know, like everyone can buy a house if they wanted to. Like you don't have to be born rich. Like what what were people doing as soon as they finished the leaving cert? Let's say seventeen, eighteen. Like what were you doing? What were you spending your money on? Like like for instance, I used to smoke now, but like to be honest, I, I didn't give a damn because I could afford it and I didn't care about it. But most people, like if you're spe- if you're if you're if you were smoking the way I was smoking, I was smoking thirty cigarettes of Benson Gold every day and 60 on a night out. Like, how much would that cost now uh, annually? Like, that's... You're talking about the guts of maybe 10 grand plus. Well, do, well, do me a favour. S- stay there, both of you, Peter and Morris. Going to take a quick seven-second break, and then I'm going to come back with James as well, who wants to make a point on this as well. The Nile Boylan Podcast. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text Ireland on 085-100-2255. Did I say that too fast? <laughs> that was me trying to do the effect. Oh, eight five one hundred double two double five. The Nile Boylan Podcast. All right, welcome back. And uh, by the way, get involved if you want to. As usual, the number is 085-122-55. Say there, Peter uh, Dooley, who is the co-founder of the Dublin Renters Union. And Morris uh, has joined us as well. Let me go to James too. James, hi. How are you doing? Afternoon, T. Nile. He would listen to Peter, and he believes that you know well, the, the the referendum is most likely going to be next year, and that everybody should have a right to a home. Well, if they don't have the referendum, I'll I'll be voting no to it straight out. Um, don't have ever charges, Nile. I was a landlord up to this year. Um, I had a home I was renting out. Um, I was still paying a mortgage on it, and I was renting it out. So, for what the, the rent I was receiving and what I was paying, there was a balance of about four hundred euros. I know that four hundred euros, I had to pay tax on that at 52%. I was making 200 euros a month by 12 months. So I was making, let's round it up, but nice and easy, to 2,500 a year. 2,500 euros a year profit I was making. And out of that profit, I had to maintain that house. I had to do everything to that house. So one of my tenants decided about six years ago that for about five and a half months didn't want to pay rent. Left the house and it damaged, and it cost me 48,000 euros to repair it. So that, was the, so, that, so that was the profit for, for the 12 years or more. Oh, sorry, it was the profit for yeah, 24 years. I, I, I basically had to take a credit union loan out. Now, under Peter's communist logic, <laughs> if they would just, just <laughs> turn around... No, trust me, Peter. What, what you're, what you're basically socialism, what socialism. No. Well, okay, well, let's go with humanity. Humanity, humanity I think, I'm putting. Humanity, I'm putting. No, 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 Peter. It's, it's been Peter, humane. Like it's been Peter. humane. Peter. Peter, people like myself live in the real world. Unfortunately, you don't. I live in the real world also. I live live in the real world too. No, Peter, what do you want, Peter? Hang on a second. You're you're coming on and saying that you don't live in the real world. I do live in the real world. And the the realisation is that you see the amount of people who are on the streets every day. You see the the record amount of evictions that are happening in Ireland. In the second quarter this year, 5,735 official eviction notices. Uh, Do you know Irish history? Do you know the history of evictions in Ireland? With British colonisers, colonizers. do you know the history of eviction with Irish landlords? It's worse. So there you go. I'm Irish sure. landlords are evicting yeah. more people because of government policies uh, are, are, and people of all 
wherever people are from, evicting them, putting them on the streets, living in tents along the canal that I, that I know guys who are living there for, for, for months and years in horrific circumstances, all because somebody can turn a massive buck off their backs. That's what it's all about. Okay, okay, well, hang on, well, hang on, hang on, Peter. So, James, why do you not agree with his socialist views? Oh, well, because the socialist views, Niles, he basically wants, as he did mention earlier on, he wants a rent, a rent ban or an eviction ban, right? There's a prime example now. It took me months to get them guys out of my house. I had to actually pay them to leave now. I know. I have I, a friend in exactly the same situation currently at the what, moment. They didn't, what, yeah. what if the situation is now they don't have to leave and they stay there and they do even more damage to the house? I'm the one then, because like at the end of the day now, I still have to pay €1,250 a month, every month into the bank, to pay the mortgage in that house. I won't probably see the investment in that house probably for another 18 years, probably longer now because of the, the loan I've had to take out. What Peter wants to do is, Peter wants to stay to pay for everything for everybody. That sounds exactly as you mentioned, people for profit. No, that's incorrect. No, well, well, no. Incorrect. If we, uh, Peter, please. That's, that's the, please. retract that. Please, I never said Peter, that. Please. What, now, what you want is... I'll let you, I'll let you reply to him now, Peter. Don't so, worry. if I have the situation where I'm entitled... So, I turn 18, I leave school. And I say to myself, you know, well, I go to college. No, I won't bother. Why would I? So, the state's going to look at me. They'll put a house. Why? Because I have a right to a house. And they're going to give me 250 quid a week. So, why, why would I want to better myself? Why would I want to go to school? Why would I want to go to college to become a doctor or to take up a trade? Why would I want to do that? Because, because, because James, to, to be fair, James, most people, you could probably do that at the moment and get something eventually. You might have to go on a wait list for a long time. But most people have, but, but to be fair, James, most people have ambition are going to do those things anyway. Most people do. But what have you, what have you taken away, Niall, that you don't need ambition? And like, by nature, humans are lazy, Niall. Okay, what well, well let, let Peter respond to what you said that the, the Peter, people, or Peter wants the government to pay for everything. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Sorry, that Peter. is complete. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I can nearly, nearly fell off my chair saying that because nobody wants the government to pay for uh, anything. And this, this remark about people lacking ambition, this is just a type of lazy narrative that comes out to slur people and demean people constantly in, in society that's been promulgated by the, by the government's policies. I, I say the facts there with the evictions happening in Ireland. I said the, it's what's happening now is, is, is our own humanitarian crisis on our own doorstep and it's, it's worsening. Homeless figures have gone up. The people in official emergency accommodation, 12,691, 3,895 children in emergency accommodation today. And what were the rights to the child? What, what did a child ever do to end up in, in one of these incarceration facilities? And, and it, so, so, so somebody could turn a quick book. Like nobody condones somebody uh, ruining somebody's pro, uh, home or destroying it or whatever. Nobody can condone that. But yeah, but, 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 yeah, but Peter, the point, he, the point he's making is because of the views of yourself and others who would have socialist views, it would be fair to say, um, he can't get people out of his property. The property he owns, they decide they're not going to pay the rent because they believe they have a right to stay there because the government said there's an eviction ban. And that's, that's wrong because he's just a private landlord. But there are circumstances, for instance, there, uh, through, through the recourse of the RTB, for, for, for serious antisocial behaviour <laughs> where there, there is, there is Peter, serious, uh, Peter, Peter, have you dealt with the RTB? Have you? Hey, do, you know Peter, what? do you know what? Do you know what? Go back. RTB, go, back to the, go back to the bankers and go back to the... How much rent, for argument's sake for yourself, right? How much rent have you collected from that property over the last number of years? 
Oh, How much money have you made? Why, 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 why did you decide to buy a house so you can make money out of it? He inherited as he told you. Long-term investment to leave for my children because, I, because okay, I'm so a so, so, responsible so, person. Okay, so property prices are at the highest levels and all landlords have sold yeah. up because property prices are at sky high levels. Yes, but what, why? Why are you, Peter? I get the, the impression that you almost begrudge him having the extra property and making a few. I know, I, I, no, we, no, I don't. No, the, I don't. Yes, the, the, the issue is that it's like me on. buying a car, you know, and keeping it for a few years. It becomes a classic car, and then I sell it on. No, that's just me. No, well done. Problem. It's a free market. It's a free market. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's no not an issue. It's, it's not. It's not. This is this is the same narrative. No, no begrudgery. It's not begrudgery. The facts are, he came on and throw through absolute well, that, horrific stories to say people. Yeah, want but to but not everybody who's a landlord is a person. But hang on, not everybody in a land. And I get tired of this idea that everybody in a landlord is some person in a hooded cape, you know, up to no good and trying to rob people. Most people who are landlords are just incidental landlords. They've inherited a house, as Morris mentioned earlier on, and a few other people have mentioned as well. They're just in. They just inherited a house and they rent it out, hoping to make a couple of quid. They're not making a fortune out of it because of the tax they're paying on it. So I, I don't believe all landlords are bad people. Yes, there are, you know, vulture funds out there who are making a fortune out of this tax free probably most of it as well. I get that, Peter, and we need more legislation around that. But the idea but that landlords are that, bad people... I never said they're bad people. The issue is is that a lot of people get involved in it because they make a hell of a lot of money out of it. Like, there should be more socially responsible ways to make money than actually making money through uh, off, off somebody... In a, in a rented property. There has to be more socially well, acceptable. Well, then who's going to rent? I understand why people, I understand why a lot of people do buy properties, for instance, one property or two properties to save for their pensions. I understand this point. Yeah. I fully understand, appreciate it. But because that's, that's, rather than pitting people against others, they should be looking at but pro- property is the main one of the main investments in the world. When you put money even into a pension, a lot of the, the money that you put into a pension goes into investment, goes into banks, which is put into property anyway. So what I'm saying is, you know, property is a way of making money. People have been doing it since the dawn of time. It's but not going to change. Actually, but that's actually damaging a lot of our But it's not damaging. Because, no, 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 because it, no, but hold on. But Because if people didn't put money into property, like James, for example, or people didn't put money into pensions who in turn invest in banks, who in turn invest in property, there wouldn't be any properties. I'll, I'll, you know what? <laughs> to invest in property, you look at the Western economies now. Look at all the Western economies, particularly Ireland. Uh, so much money has been invested in property like where is the where is the factories? Where is a lot of the industry? A lot of the stuff in Irish society is now a lot of this multinationals and foreign direct investment. Huge which were wide open to I'm going with you. I'm going with you halfway here, Peter. But I also understand James's circumstance. Well, well no. I do as well. I I've, I've no issue with that. Like the issue is the would remarks you, that you made do. Everybody wants a free house. But but you do but you do have an issue. Well, well, the point he's making is if you're having a referendum that you have a constitutional right to house, and he gave you an example, well, then there are people who want a free house. Yeah. You pay relative to your income. What's free in that? You pay relative to your income. Like most people are paying well in excess of what their income is. Look at renters. Most people are paying 30, 40, 50%. Well, in excess of that, 70%, I know a lot of people. Alter, alter and, and, I, and I do agree with you that rent and mortgages should be more affordable. I don't think even James would disagree with that. But who's making the money out of it? Look who's making the serious money out of it. The bankers are making huge money out of it. Uh, the huge investors are making big money out of it. And who's profiting from it? Who gets the tax break? Okay, well, let, well, let, me, let me come back to James very quick before I go to David. James, uh, there's, there's parts I agree with, with Peter, and I'm certainly not a socialist, as you well know, but I do agree with parts of what he's saying. It has become unaffordable now to live in this country. Now, I'm not suggesting people shouldn't have been chucked out of your house because they wouldn't pay their rent. I believe they should. Peter probably doesn't believe they should at all. Uh, but in saying that, housing... No, we didn't ha- say that. <laughs> 
well, 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 okay. Then when should they? Well, the people who were rented his house. Well, hang on. Well, then just answer yes or no. The people who rented his house and didn't pay their rent for five months should they been thrown out after month one? But you have to look at the individual circumstances. I can't know. I don't know exactly what their circumstances were with that, for instance. But the issue. Okay, is let, let's just say they couldn't afford it anymore. Should, uh, let's just say they couldn't afford it. They lost their jobs or something, right? Let's say they couldn't afford it anymore. Should they be taken? Well, they should be onto the state, and they should get state support to to get, to, to make up whatever the payment is uh, for, the, for, the, for whatever whatever the payment oh, okay. is. Okay, James. What was the reason they wouldn't pay? By the way. Uh, they just said they didn't have to pay it. They said they have six months before that I can put them out and they're basically playing the law against me and every time I've, I've contacted them I've had messages either not read, uh, numbers blocked or on four or five occasions I've had a door slammed in my face. And I know people are probably saying why didn't you just go in and chuck to make yourself you can't, legally you're not I- allowed. Yeah, I'm not. I can't. I can't. No, I can't enter the property now. I cannot enter my own property. Like Peter Nile, to me, right? Peter lives in La La Land. He really lives in La La Land. Right? <laughs> this is the same. Can you just just, just stop that nonsense? Now, just be honest oh, really? for a minute. Peter, Peter, stop, stop, all this, Peter, stop, all Peter. stop all these soundbites. Stop all these soundbites. Peter, they're absolutely mind. just. Well, uh, no, I'll just tell you something. Right, that's the living okay, in the real Peter. world every day. The people I'm supporting day by day and work and, and working with and helping we we deal with a voluntary basis are people who are in absolute states of terror, states of distress. Do you not re- realise even the studies that are coming through about people's uh, terror living in uh, fear of eviction, a risk of eviction and facing uh, the threat of their going into emergency accommodation or even worse, going into a tent along the canal. Do you not understand the terror that impacts on people's lives? Okay, well, well, well hang on, give me a second. I want to bring David in. He's waiting ages there. David, hi, how are you? Sorry, oh, yeah. to, sorry for keeping you so long, David. I do apologise. Um, getting no back problem. to the original question, would you vote yes for a right to a home for everybody? I'd have to see what's what's on the cards for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sounds it sounds nice off the cuff. Like I'm someone I'm 34. I have four children. Um, kind of in the early stages of running my own business, uh, but it's going to be years uh, until I I own my own home. That being said. I think the the idea seems great, but in practicality, it would I think it would cause major issues and would have a load of other issues attached to it that would ultimately detract from the, the benefits of, yeah. of getting uh, uh, th- that would detract from the motion of actually getting houses built that are affordable and and uh, and kind of more social housing. So, like, I mean, it, it, the other way they say about investing in stocks, history is not a, is not. A, an indicator of future performance. Well, I think if you look at this government history, it's an indicator of future performance. Even if you look at the likes of the, chi- the children's hospital, you know, it's yeah. becoming more expensive than the Burj Khalifa to be built. And even the location <laughs> of it was was a, was a big... I drove past it the other day and I was like, oh my goodness, it's a big behemoth in the middle of all these tiny little houses. And and no no like streamlined. Whoever, by the way, I want to go back to that. Whoever decided that was the location for that for this massive new hospital, I don't know if money changed hands <laughs> oh, there or brown envelopes, yeah. but it was I a disaster. I mean, why? What to me? I mean, even to build it in the middle of the city was a bad idea. There is so much space off the M50. There's so much space when you go out towards Kildare, Maynooth, Leakslip, out towards yeah. that direction, which would have no, serviced a lot more people. Why build yeah, no it in the middle in of a city? Because nobody gets in trouble for doing anything wrong. 
they get they get a pat on the back. Well, I mean, what did they do stuff. down in that building there in the, in the Keys? Um, what's it, Dublin Corporation? You know, the big massive big building there on the the Wood Key site. Is there like a basement there where there's four lads pinning the tail on a donkey or something like that? Is it just like blindfolded? <laughs> where we put the Here's hospital? All oh, right, here we go. Ah, oh, there it looks like a good. Lyle, well, sorry for coming, but I agree with Jane, with Jane said. But just for just briefly on Dublin City Council, should they build uh, Wood Key where that was their historical history foundation of Dublin Dublin City. Yeah. Uh, the Viking um, remains and everything was there. So, you know, so Dublin City Council, <laughs> forget about a lot of stuff. They, they stand I wouldn't trust... No, 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 no. David, David is right. I wouldn't trust them to walk me dog. But, but okay, yeah. so David, I think we <laughs> I mean, all agree on that. Even Peter guy, agrees on that. But go on, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I'm, I'm really lucky in that I was up at the North for a while and I wanted to come home and from Kildare and I wanted to come home and I actually won a lottery there to get into a to get into a, a cost rental scheme, and uh, and the rent is not cheap, but it's not it's not overwhelming either. And and I know I, I live in the north. I, I live in the north. Yeah, absolutely. So I know yeah, what the cost and, is like, and it's so much cheaper to rent, you know, in Northern Ireland than it is to rent. The it south. was like three bedroom, seventy thatched houses, five hundred was about six hundred and thirty euro a month. Yeah. Um, and and. A lot of it, is, a lot of it, I think, is completely artificial. Um, well, but the problem in no, but the problem in Ireland is geolocational. The problem in Ireland is that the majority of things that happen happen in Dublin, Cork, Limerick, and Galway. So you have seventy percent of the population living in four areas of the country geographically. The, the North, Northern Ireland obviously is not as densely populated, you know, and it's a bit more spread out. Whereas you've got everything happening mainly, I suppose, in Dublin. And everybody wanting mm. to live near where they work and live near where their granny is and their mammy is yeah. and everything else. Well, so that boosts the price of property story for you. Little story for you. I I um I uh, I did a little documentary about housing there a few years ago, and uh, one of the guys, one of the families I interviewed, um, I got the three. One guy built his own house out of clay. Another another one uh, lives on a boat up in Castle Knock, and then um, there was this family who lived in a in a in a affordable house done by this company called uh, O'Cool and Housing, and I was talking to the to the the CEO of O'Cool, and he was saying they built. So th- this family bought a three-bedroom house in uh, in Dublin for 180,000 about three or four years ago, and uh, their rent is something like six or, six to eight hundred euro a month. Or sorry, not the rent, their mortgage, six hundred uh, to eight hundred mm-hmm. euro a month. And they and there's only one in one income, and they have a they they said they have a, a wonderful life. They're able to go on a few holidays. They're able to save for the future, and uh, the the model of the O'Coolan thing see, seems to be that they. They get um, land at a discount, and that they only make a five percent profit. Whereas the full-on developers, their whole mm-hmm. uh, objective is is to get a profit. And okay, um, well, I, I, unfortunately, David, I have to rush to because I have Tony and Sophie and a load of more people who want to come on, and some of them want to talk to Peter, and I don't want to keep Peter too long too. He's been good enough to stay. But but David, just very quickly, so you'll be voting no? Are you saying? Even though you do agree that we should have a better system for affordable housing, yeah, we, we yeah, I think the, I think the whole referendum is a distraction, and um, yeah, it's it's not, and it's going to create more problems. Imagine all the lawsuits that are going to come on down well, the line. That, from, that, from, that's my concern too, and I don't know. So yeah. thank you, David. I don't know, Peter, whether that's a concern of yours too. That if you no, vote, yeah, and, and by the way, I inherently here's here's the, the funny thing, Peter. I inherently agree with you, right? Secretly, right? I agree with you inherently, right? But the problem is there are too many complications for litigation. 
obligation. In other words, Joey Scrounger, who doesn't want to pay for, doesn't want to be part of society or doesn't want to pay for anything, right? I know these are small isolated cases. I'm not generalizing about people on social welfare, right? But Joey Scrounger doesn't get a house or Mary Scrounger doesn't get a house. They take a case to the courts and they say, I'm entitled to it. Give it to me. That's your problem, yeah, Peter. Well, I agree with what uh, David's premise in terms of the concrete measures behind it. I've been calling, as I said, and we've been calling for the proper legislation protection, such as long-term security for tenants. There are issues there that could be done immediately rather than just sort of the, the, the window dressing, which may be, and might cause maybe other issues that have to be uh, deliberated on more before the, the definition of it is. But you do, you do, you do accept that. You can't just I make do accept it. it. Yeah, accept, accept, accept. No, I make it too easy. Issue, but that has to be a rebalancing. But that, that yeah, has and, there has, and there has to be protection for the state in there as well, that you just can't have somebody having a right to demand that you house them. Like, you know, I'm packing in my job, get me a house. Well, stay there for a second. Let, but me, go, uh, but the, let me go to Tony. Hang on. Tony, hi, how are you? Hello, Noel. How are you? I've never, seen, I've never seen so many texts and calls, to be honest with you. Actually, Tony, do me a, oh, no. do me a yeah, quick favour. Do me a quick favour. Just give me seven seconds because I have to do this, right? It's, it's really important. Yeah, okay. I'll explain some other time. The Nile Boylan Podcast. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text Ireland on 085 100 2255. Did I say that too fast? Yes, slow it down. <laughs> That was me trying to do the effect. <laughs> 085 100 2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. Now, Tony, sorry, where are we? Go ahead. Right, okay. Now, the experience I have of rent, like I've rented in the past myself when I was abroad and I was working abroad, and the first thing on the table was is get the rent paid. Okay? Yeah. But in this country, there's a crazy attitude. If you don't pay the rent, so what? Nothing happens. And that seems to be after, and that seems to be after putting landlords totally off. Now on my road, on one side of my road, five years ago, up to four or five years ago, there was five houses that I know of, and they were all being rented out. All them houses have been sold purely because of the fear of landlords. Mm. The fear that landlords had. Yeah, there's a lot of landlords moving out of the market, yeah, of course. All right, and I was talking to the tenants, and there were some good people there. But there was one Filipino couple always paid their rent, but the landlord just said to them, look, with the government restrictions, with the RCB and things like that, the tax system, it's not worth my while. And you have people like Peter, and they've driven landlords out of the market with no backup plan. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, well, okay, let me just get that. That's actually, no, hang on, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Peter, that's a really good point. It's all well and good to have all this legislation here to protect the tenant constantly all the time, all these taxes, everything else. But when you drive uh, landlords out of the market, private landlords, like, you know, the James that was on earlier on, you leave a hole in the market and nowhere for people to live. What's the backup plan? And the problem is well, there this, isn't a backup well, plan. Does this, 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 uh, this, like, uh, narrative going out as well. The landlords are, are fleeing the market. Uh, they've never had it so good. And landlords are fleeing the market. The CSO, most recent CSO, has said there's more landlords now in the market than what there was uh, a number of years ago. Why are they coming into the market? That's true. No, 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 no. Yeah, no I, I think you, Tony is. No, hang on, Peter. Tony's right. The CSO, there's, there, more there, there's more. There is certainly more properties to rent now than there would have been 20 years ago. That's because of construction investment and everything else. But there, when you talk about private landlords, you know, a lot of private landlords are moving out of the market because they can't get paid and they're not making enough money. 
they moved out of the market. And they're over well over, well over, even the ERSI has said they're well over, well overstated at the moment. Property prices. Yeah, but if they're, yeah, but if they were making enough money and didn't have to pay as much tax, they might not. The protections for tenants, for instance, it's the same argument again. Oh, you know, this guy isn't paying rent, that guy isn't paying rent, and throw them out in the street. The issue is. Rather than dealing with these anecdotal issues, which you hear a story through a friend, you might hear a friend of a story of somebody else on the street, de- dealing with the premise of proper long-term security for tenants. The RTB, uh, I agree with you with the RTB because it's not fit for the purpose. RTB it's a government quango. Full, I agree with you. I actually 100% agree with you because it's full of landlords' representatives. It's not full of any, there's not any, many tenants' what representatives are on the RTB. Got? Very little. Like, what rights has a landlord got? None. What rights has a landlord got? Okay, well, okay, well, hang on. Tony's line is a bit more fun. But Peter, he's got a point. What rights, well, hang on, Peter. What rights do landlords have when, say, somebody doesn't pay their rent, when somebody is late paying their rent, when they do damage to the house? And I know a friend of mine only yesterday was talking to me that she got a property back that had been rented out uh, by the state for a period of time, and the place is like a kip. It's in bits, and it's just being put down to wear and tear. But she has to now pay thousands to put it right again. So what, well, what rights to land? I'll, I'll give, I'll well, give you I mean, there are, good, there are good renters out there too. I'm not saying there's not. I'm only asking you, what well, rights do they have? Well, what, right, well, obviously somebody should, should, should look after a place. But the issues are, there are a lot of properties which are totally substandard. Standard and maintenance of a lot of properties are absolutely disastrous. Um, just get just feedback from somebody there. Who was, the right, to, the right to evict somebody out onto the street, the right to make they huge don't. profits. They don't they have, have the right. To do they don't. They don't have the right. Landlords have the right under constitution. Look at that, Aaron. It's nearly full of landlords. We know what that, but they don't. Which only already answered you. They don't have the right to evict people. That's the problem. No, they do. Landlords have right. Well, how come there's record amounts of evictions? How come we've had more evictions now than we oh, had during like there's during There's no one going into the rent to buy market now. There's nobody buying houses to rent anymore. Why? They're evicting, of a lot of like them are evicting tenants to get higher rent. That's what they're doing. Look at the rents; they're extortionate. You'd rather get you, you could nearly get it. You know what? You could you could get you could get it. You could probably get an apartment cheaper in, in the centre of Paris. Uh, a three-bedroom apartment probably no, cheaper you than a one-bedroom apartment in Dublin. It's outrageous. No, you would it's not. It's just pure greed. No, you would not. And huge, Peter, huge profit. Think about like there's no one buying to let anymore. There's no one buying that's to incorrect. let. Years that's ago, incorrect. Years ago, loads of. Now, the vulture funds that's buying apartment blocks, there's no small landlord buying to let anymore. Because I'm talking about the whole landlords. Like the, you could, that's incorrect. No, no, we, we, all, well, we all agree in relation to vulture funds. We've spoken about that already, Peter. He's talking about the private, the incidental landlord. Oh, private landlord we're talking about landlords. The, the landlord, we're, ta- we're talking about the rights for tenants versus the rights for landlords. Uh, the rights for no, somebody that I'm talking about small landlords have been driven out of the market. Boy, people like Peter. Okay, well, maybe, 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 <laughs> Peter isn't personally responsible for them going out of the market, but maybe people with that narrative. Sorry, Tony, just very quickly, because I was going to Sophie, and I have loads of people to go to, and Stephen as well. Do you, will you be voting no in that referendum? Of course I'll be voting no. Yeah, I of think... course I'll be voting no. I have to get up off my ass and go out to work and buy a house. Okay. Well, everybody. Okay, so everybody have to go work let, 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 let me go to Sophie. Sophie, hi, how are you doing? I'm sorry I'm rushing through everybody. Go ahead, Sophie. Okay, hi, Niall. Good. Yes, definitely. I'm voting no. You'll be voting no as well. Okay. Why will you be voting no? Oh, 
I do apologise. I seem to have lost everybody there. I'll get Peter and Sophie back straight away and Stephen. I do apologise to you. Um, if you can get all three of those back, Peter, Sophie and Stephen, thanks very much indeed. Um, I do apologise. Anyway, I have some of your texts and WhatsApps to read out. Keep sending in the texts and WhatsApp. The number, by the way, is 087-188-0008. David Clark says, uh, a home is a privilege, not a right. Joss says, four billion in the budget for Ukraine's and asylum seekers while our own get crumbs. Wake up, Ireland. By the way, I saw an article in the paper today. Ireland pays the highest rate, the highest rate in welfare payments to refugees. Um, and we're talking about Ukrainian refugees. 220 euro, of course, which is the same as the dole. Uh, as well as, you know, free education, medical, everything else that goes along with it. And um, the nearest country to us was like 120. When no one is paying anywhere close to So you're, any wonder why we're getting that many people and we haven't put a cap on the numbers. Um, Kevin Quinn says, well said, Peter Judy. Uh, Elaine Franklin says, amen, our politicians are the biggest sponges of the state. Now, I have Sophie back and I'm going to get Peter back as well. And Stephen, I will be with you in a moment, I promise. Um, sorry, go ahead, Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Yes, I'm oh, sorry. I'm Sophie. Yeah. I absolutely would be um, would be voting no on this. And reading through the bill, there's some just really concerning words on it and concerning changes on it, which I don't think most of us uh, realise what the ramifications of that are when it comes to a government talking about having a right to delimit our rights to property and for the common good, etc. These are very, very concerning language which I don't think in the long run are going to do anybody any good. Well, Article 43, I'm going to read it out here again, right, protects private property and prevents the state from abolishing the right to private ownership or the right to transfer property. Article 43 also recognises the right uh, to private property must be regulated in the interest of social justice and permits limits on the right in the interest of the common good. That normally is in there and it's in most constitutions in the world and common law in the world Sophie that would be put in I suppose when you have you know a society moves on for example we want to build motorways we want to build whatever it is we need to build and then you'll have compulsory purchase orders so it allows for compulsory purchase orders I don't think there's anything dubious in that I certainly hope not um, well first of all the constitution in, in my experience is is not um, honoured anywhere in the courts Um, um our right to have in a dwelling. I had a, a dwelling that I had paid the mortgage on since, since I was 26. And um, that was ripped from me uh, through no fault of my own. Mm -hmm. Somebody else took a mortgage on it. And none of that's how I got to find out when I went and, and put the constitutional to them, put the law to them, put fraud to them, put banking, everything. I realised, oh, so we have the constitution, but they pick and choose when it, when it suits them, it works. So yeah. the current constitution is there. It's not being claimed. Well, I don't know the details of your personal case, and we don't unfortunately have the time to go into it, but I do understand there has been cases where the constitution has failed people. Absolutely. And, and it shouldn't be pick and, pick and choose and when the government decide that we have a constitution and when we don't. Or, but why, know, but why, would that, why would that discourage you, say, from voting what Peter Dooley is suggesting, that people should vote yes? Um, that, you know, we have to look after people who are vulnerable, people who can't afford their own home. We can't be having people sleeping in tents in the canal. We can't be having people living in hotels, 12,000 people living in hotels, Irish citizens, as well as God knows how many refugees and asylum seekers. So we, can, we can't be having people, you know, living it rough, like this idea that you're just entitled to shelter at the moment in the Constitution is not good enough. He wants everybody to be entitled to a home. I don't know. I mean, call me naive, but if somebody comes around a government and creates the problem and then comes to you with a solution pretending that yeah. they care, I find it a little bit uh, nauseating. Well, I don't think the government want this referendum to go ahead. I'm going to be straight with you. I think the government are looking forward to a no answer. 
I, Peter, I, I would be right in thinking that. The government would like a no answer on this. Yeah, I think they would, because it would probably start put, to put them under pressure and start really addressing the the, uh, the homelessness and housing crisis that they created. And I understand uh, the point that was made by the, their caller there as well. Uh, why would you get, <laughs> you'd always be concerned by a government uh, who created the issue with the manufactured housing crisis who are there to try and uh, solve it and actually care when they don't. And that's the, real, that's the re- reality of it, because they've, uh, they've failed again, even with the most recent budget, they've failed again to address uh, the housing disaster for what it is because a lot of their friends are making money out of it. And that's the realisation. Okay. The sooner people realise that, the better. Stephen, hi, how are you? How are you doing, lads? How are you doing, Peter? And how are you doing, Miles? Okay, uh, you've, heard, you've heard Peter's argument. He does make a good argument, in fairness. You might not agree with it, but he does make a good argument as to why we should vote yes. Uh, I think I think P- Peter's heart is in the right place. Um, but P- Peter comes from, I suppose, a politi- a politically, politically a traditional left-wing position of the abolishment of private property rights anyway, which he should probably admit up front. No, I don't agree. I come from that position. I don't come from the position of private no, property. We, Somebody wants to have a private home, I've no issue with that. Uh, I have an issue with, 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 with the fundamental right to have a home in society. Yeah, see, I, so I don't I want to see that. The right to have a home, but I don't yeah, but I don't agree. I don't, okay, I don't, well, sorry, I don't, well, I don't, okay, one at a time. But Stephen, he doesn't agree with that. They, no, go on. they should redistribute property uh, is the answer. So, for instance, you give me Hall Martin and Leo Varadkar right now the keys to the city. And in other words, every single home in Ireland can be delimited or moved around in any way, shape or form. Because the wording of that bill as it stands is totally open-ended. If you took out the delimiting of private property, I can tell you that what you call the so-called far right in Ireland would fully back a bill like this that would pressure the government to build, buy and, and, and do whatever needs be to provide these houses other than take people off of the property they own or inherit. This is, this is scandalous that this is put forward as, as a solution in this country. And I think, I think people will do well to vote no, but also everybody needs to come to the table and pressure the government to put a right to housing in constitutionally that doesn't affect private property rights. In other words, in other words immigration to responsible levels so that the housing market is not overly pressured by immigration. Building sufficiently, uh, sufficient amount of houses as per the labour market. We know how many people are in the labour market. We know how many people are working. We, we know that for the first 18 years of a person's life that they're going to need a house. The government has 18 years to plan for every person's housing need and they do not do it. So what we need to do is force the government to do that rather than take the, the communist position, which is, let's just redistribute the land. On, on, it's on the second time I've heard the word communist today. But that, that, that's what this is, delimiting private property rights. But, I, but I, I don't think, listening to Peter and what he's saying and his argument, I don't think he's talking about, you know, delimiting private property or the right to private property. And, and I know, by the way, if you look oh, at I the... Cons- I think that's what he means, no. Niall, from his heart. I know he doesn't but, but mean when, that, but when but you're ta- But hang on, but when you're talking about that, there already is um, provision in the Constitution to take somebody's home, if it's in the interest no, of common the, good. The, 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 these, have, these positions have already been clarified by case law and other, other types of uh, legislation that already exist. So it's only for... It's only for uh, important infrastructure, national infrastructure, mm-hmm. that, that a compulsory purchase order can be made. Yeah. Uh, you can't just go in because you like somebody's house or because someone has extra bedrooms 
and buy that house out from under them for, let's say, less than market value. You cannot do that. But in this particular bill, that's what that would allow. It would allow the targeting of individual privately held homes, family homes. So absolutely vote no to this bill under no circumstances. Peter, I mean, okay, well, 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 let Peter deal with that. Peter, people do have concerns in the way this would be appropriated, uh, not just the yeah. wording of the Constitution and the way the wording would be changed, and the what we would class, or, and I want to read that again, Article 43, um, it, it, uh, must be, the property must be regulated in the interest of social justice and permits limits on the right in the interests of common good. Now, you know, if we change you know, those protections in any shape or form in relation to a right to a home, you know, that could be deemed or interpreted differently as the point I suppose Stephen makes. I mean, what does social justice mean? Does that mean that Betty wants a house and you happen to have two of them, so we're going to take one of yours? Do you understand? Well, I under, uh, yeah, absolutely. I understand the concern, sir, but like, uh, like, like, but personally, the way I feel about it, I'm not, like, I wouldn't have any issue. Uh, you wouldn't want to go near anybody, somebody's private, for instance, their private home they're living in. Why would you want to move somebody out of their private home when they're living in the home? Uh, I think it's different if somebody, for instance, might have 15 homes vacant, for instance. Uh, well, well, if I, but let's say I inherit a home. Relic, but hang on. Then there should be tax, tax on those. Amendment. Is, the wording of the, is the wording of the amendment itself not what we focus on? Rather than allegory, like well, rather, if it is, than... it has to be. It's 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 it's, it's go, as I said, it's going through uh, discussions at the moment, and then the final word hasn't been agreed upon. Like, but I mean, the the, the, is, the issues are, for instance, I think there is a right to the common good in the constitution currently. Uh, it hasn't been addressed properly, and I understand the concerns because of obviously a lot of stuff that's gone on in the last number of years that have been very draconian to pull a mildly. Uh, stuff that I uh, was 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 spoke out about about basic uh, basic human rights and attacks on human rights uh, on. on uh, yeah, totally yeah. disproportionate. But, but, but hang on, but Peter, but, but, and I understand that, and, and I'm, I'm glad you agree with that, that there's some of those draconian measures that have been implemented over the last few years. But in relation to, say, let's say I had a second property that I inherited. Let's say I inherited a property, and I just left it there empty for the time being, and I was waiting for the prices to go up before I sell it. You know, and then locally in my community, people were homeless. Should the government have the right to take that house because it's because well, I'm it should, not losing it? should be addressed with, it, with, with an appropriate vacant home tax. That's what we would always, uh, we'd always argue for an appropriate vacant home tax. You don't take somebody's home off them after like six months of it's empty. Yes, go, yeah, go what on. you do is you, you, you tax a property and then if it's, if it's, if it's, well, we've already, got, well, we've already got a vacant home tax now. We haven't. Well, it's, 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 been it's nowhere near effective. Well, no, because it depends on honesty. Yeah, sorry, Stephen. You want to say something to Peter? Go on. I, I, just, I just want to ask Peter is, is the family home, I'm talking the family home now, specifically protected in the text yeah. of the 39th Amendment? It is not. And I, I want Peter to say whether he thinks it is or, or isn't. Because it's not actually... I think, the family, home, I think the family home, I think the family home, if people are living in it, obviously should be protected. Like, you well, know, no issue with private... Uh... Protected and what's written in text. This is a constitutional amendment. We can't go on, I think it is. You're asking people to vote away their private property rights. So you have to be honest about this and tell them. Is the family home protected in that that? Well, it, it, uh, it, it, well, it should be. It should be part of that amendment that it should be protected. But it's not, Peter. That's the question I'm asking. I agree it should be. You agree it should be. But it's not there. So it should be me and you saying everyone don't know until that's that's sorted. Yeah, well, absolutely. But people, the right never should come out in terms well, of... Well, then, Stephen, sorry, I'm slightly confused then by what you're saying, Stephen, right? So we're not talking about Article 43 here. You're talking about Article 39. Okay, well, so this is what the whole thing is about. Ab well, absolutely. Well, and Article Forty Three as well. But, but what are you suggesting to me that? Forty Point Three. Yeah, 
are you suggesting to me that what we need to do is establish um, the interpretations of that particular article before we even consider changing any wording to reflect, you know, Peter's argument and everybody else's argument or the socialist argument that you should have a right to a home? Yeah, well, well, it's, it's, it's uh, I think Peter might agree on this, that there is now, um, I suppose, a trend where the government throws these things at us and they don't define anything in them and they tell us, ah, yeah, that should be protected. I agree with you. We think that yeah. that will be protected. But when we see the likes of Ben Scallon asking Helen McEntee to define the bills that they're putting forward, or, or let's yeah. say the Mick Barrys of the world who puts forward a 39th Amendment bill, let's define these things, please, before we vote on them. We're not getting the answers. So you vote no always until you are fully clear on what the product is you're buying. And when the people who are on here who should be able to answer those questions, like Peter Dooley here, I, I think they should be able to answer these questions, but that was a sidestep. Now, I think the family home should be protected. I think all private property should be protected. And instead, we just put the right to housing in, and that's how we pressure the government to provide housing. The government cannot take, steal, or, or redistribute property to solve the problem. Instead, they must use the money that we've given them to build or buy. It, like, like, taking other property is paying Peter, or taken from Peter to pay Paul. That's not the answer. Okay, listen, I've got, I've got 10 more minutes on this, Stephen. Thank you, Peter. Stay there with me, please, if you can. The Nile Boylan Podcast. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text Ireland on 085 100 2255. Did I say that too fast? Yes, slow it down. <laughs> that was me trying to do the effect. <laughs> 085 100 2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. Let me go to Jane. Jane, hi, how are you? And Peter, I appreciate you staying on as long as you are, by the way. Uh, thank you very much. You're welcome, love. Yeah, Jane, go ahead. Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Uh, will you be voting yes or no to the right to a home? Um, to be honest, no. I won't be voting It's not looking right. good for this no. referendum, is it really? Well, go on. Yeah, go on. Why won't you be voting yes? Well, the thing is, is, you know, there is the purchase of property through basically the council. A rent-to-buy scheme, you know? Mm -hmm. um, if people want to live in their homes and they've lived there for two or three years, they can, off the council, they can purchase the house at 5%, which is basically a 5,000 euro deposit, rather than the 10% that you pay with a mortgage from a bank. And you, you pay off a sum every month. Yeah, but you still have to have a job and enough money uh, in that job to be approved for the loan from the bank in the first place. Yeah, but I mean... That, that, but that, does, that doesn't address I mean, the people who are on very low income or don't have a job. That's the thing, you see. That's what has to be changed in, that, in regards to that. Because my uncle, who lived out in Finglas, uh, he purchased his property from the council. Mm -hmm. But that was many years ago. And he was only paying 40 quid a month. That's right, yeah. Yeah, my father purchased his so, as well for 1,600 quid for the house. Yeah, so, I mean, this is what we need to go back to. What, porches and houses for 1,600 quid? No, <laughs> what I'm talking about is we need to go back to proper schemes in which people on low incomes can afford to pay for their well, homes. Well, well, we do have that with social housing. We just don't have enough of it. But there is no social housing. I mean, when you think about how many social houses will be in this, this year, but it's, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. No, well, no, no. it's never going I mean, to cater for the no, amount of people that need it. The big thing has been, like, the, they could understand the points, and that's been a big issue of a part of our housing disaster. Where 
the privatisation of our housing stock, like the public housing built through public taxes of previous generations, like our grandparents and and, and, and everybody who built the public housing has been sold off, and now much of it is in the hands of, of private landlords. Uh, they were sold off at huge discounts, huge discounts, which is an economically uh, backward policy. And they're talking no, no, about don't, being uh, don't get me wrong, and, and by the way, I benefited from that because my father passed away. I inherited the house with my sister. We sold it. Now, mind you, it wasn't a huge amount of money. We sold it going back a while ago, so it was with the prices were a little bit lower. And that was a house that was purchased for 1,600 quid from Dublin Corporation. But we sold it for 190,000, I think, or what it was at the time. So yeah, that, that's part of the strategy, Noel. Yeah, what but that, do that was, and don't get me wrong, I benefited from it, but it was wrong. And you are right, Peter, it was wrong. I shouldn't have been able to benefit no, from that, well, it. I'm not blaming you. No, 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 I. I understand why people do it. And it's, it's, not, it's under, I fully understand it. Like it's, but the issue is with the system that's creating this. And this actually goes into the current revenue for city councils now. So they're, they're continuing with, with tenant, the tenant purchase scheme. And anybody who talks about the fixing the housing crisis, who doesn't talk about stopping the sell-off of public homes, isn't genuine. And that's my... That's my and that's yeah, all I, I don't know, James. I don't know about this idea of selling houses off, you know, housing stock, because it's housing stock we need. So why would we be selling it off cheap? Do you know what I mean? Well, I don't need to sell it off. It's basically you're put, you're giving people this opportunity to stay in their communities, around the people that they know, schools where their kids go to, families that are close by to each other. It's basically keeping communities together. I know people it should be entitled to stay in there. I mean, if somebody's in social housing, they should be entitled to stay there once they pay their rent. And they should be entitled to stay there for as long as they need to stay there. But when those people die and the yeah. next generation comes along, that house then should be available for somebody else. That's the whole idea of social housing. It's not meant to be there for every generation of your family going forward. Well, that's what happened with my grandmother out, out in Finglas as well. I mean, when she passed away, she was living in a council house all her life. Yeah. When she passed away, the the council took the house back. Yeah. It's been renovated. And now it's gone to another family. And that's the way it should be. That's great. Yeah. That's that's the way the system yeah. should work, but unfortunately, that's but not the way the system is working. Look at now, even the council uh, areas, the, the old great council estates were built in the fifties, and we had no money. Like Cabra uh, estates around Drimna, Crumlin, all those estates. Many of them now have been like they call it gentrified because people from the area can't afford to live there because all the houses have been sold off or in the hands of private landlords. Uh, Ballyfermot as well. They're paying extortionate rents to even rent there, and it's all public money yeah, through HAP schemes, given given public money. To, to, pay to pay a landlord for a house that used to be owned by the state yeah. in the first place. It's, it's nuts. It's lunacy. No, no, and I agree with you. It is absolutely madness because then that house gets sold, which was bought for 1,600 quid by some, for somebody 30 years ago. A private landlord buys it and rents it out for two and a half grand. It doesn't it's make nuts. any sense. And the state is paying the two and a half grand through the HAP scheme. Uh, i got to go through callers very quickly here. Tony, hi. How are you? Sorry, Jane. Okay. Uh, I'm grand, Tony. What do you want to say? No, I was talking earlier on to you. Oh, you were, Tony. So I didn't realise you were on earlier on as well. I do apologise. Yeah, now I'll speak again. Go ahead. Yeah, but just like Peter still hasn't made a reply about any of the things that I said. Sorry, but... well, 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 I think he tried to address what you said. Yeah, but just like landlords have been driven out of the market. And he won't admit that. And he's trying to... And he didn't differentiate, which is more important. He didn't differentiate between a bulk of one and a small landlord with one house. Uh, but just look at the pension plan. I'm talking about a landlord who bought a house 15 years ago, maybe, at 40 years old. 
Yeah, I think yeah. he. Ha- I, but I think he has differentiated. He knows the difference between a vulture fund and a, and a private well, landlord. He just said they're all the same. He I differentiate. With all respect, right? I'm talking about the system that's created this in terms of the, the political decisions. Yeah, but here, what the system is, if a lad walks in the construction industry or something like that, you haven't got a pension. Because he's working I, on what's called the yeah, I like fully appreciate that. Like that. I fully so appreciate that. So he buys that. a house. And you have people like you saying, well, take the house off him because it's wrong to buy someone else. Who did I say? I never said take the house it's, off him. That's what effectively that. saying. Well, I never said I it, so don't, don't start quoting something that I didn't say. Uh, if you want to quote no, facts, yeah, I'm talking about the systemic... No, I, I, I'm talking facts here, right? The systemic issues that have created this crisis are deliberate policies by the government. Uh, when we got to, I'll give you back a little bit of a lesson. Back in 2009, with the Troika bailout, the European Union, through the bailout, told us to stop building public housing. They told us that's part of the conditions. When the vultures in Ireland stop building public housing, and they continued to sell off all our public housing stock. So essentially, led to the huge disaster we're in now. And rather than like you know blaming individuals or whatever, I understand why people have to buy a home. I understand why people have to save for their pensions. I fully appreciate that because the government doesn't provide uh, property for people. Yeah, but Look they're at still saying if someone budget. doesn't pay their rent, that you can't. All I'm saying, my point is, the tenants need long-term protections in their home. It's vital that tenants have long-term security well, yeah, and tenure. It's very common point. in many European yeah. countries. All right, okay, but that's 60, not the last. I'll give yeah, you an example. Sixty-three percent. Fifteen years ago, for his pension. It's not his fault. Well, what did I just say? You just go back to what I just said. someone in three pounds and they can rent Just go back to what I just said. Stop paying rent. Stop paying rent and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, I asked you about a landlord's rights as well. And you skip that question as well. A landlord's rights. Well, landlords have, landlord I, I, I answer that question. A land, landlords have the right no, to record evictions. Landlords have the right to evict people. Look at the constitution. The, well, the, well, the, well, 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 at the moment they don't. There's a ban on evictions at the moment. It's to get someone yeah. out. There's not a ban on evictions. There's not a ban on evictions. Well, there was a, there was a moratorium on evictions on two occasions. There was, but there's not now currently. You look at the record of homelessness. When you say evictions, Peter, there are cases where landlords are just moving on and selling their houses. Or, you know, now I know some of it's dubious and I know some of it's just booting people out so they can up the rent. I get that. But in saying that, there are cases where landlords are just selling on or landlords have passed away and houses have just been inherited by children or whatever it is and they just want to sell it. So there are, and the um, children just don't want the hassle of it. Yeah, so that's, that's just... But Peter, that, that has to, those rights must remain because there has to be a free market. You can't sell a house with a, with a tenant, which I know it's Sinn Féin we're suggesting, selling houses with tenants in situ. I mean, that's that not happens. an option. Who's gonna but that it? happens. But that, that happens. And by the way, if you want to do that, that's fine, right? But if you don't want to do sell your house with a tenant in situ, why would you be? Why should you be forced to do that? Because it devalues the home. But tenants have, but yeah, well, exactly. But tenants have rights. Tenants should have a right for security. Yeah, but if you, but if you give your tenant three months' notice and say, "Listen, I'm selling this house now. I'm sorry, is I going to have to find somewhere else?" What's wrong with that? The landlord has to have some rights. Well, why don't they sell with the tenants in situ? It's a fucking because it's because, it's, it, because it's a, it, you're restricting the market they're selling it into. Okay, that's all well and good if another landlord wants to buy it as you know as a buy to let property. But if somebody just wants to buy it as a house to live in, well, then you've just restricted the sale of the property and it devalues the property. I'm not going to buy a property. So so you're going you're going to throw somebody into homelessness. Because uh, you're going to create more. It's not your fault. You're going to have to pay more money. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If I'm renting out a house to somebody and I want to sell it, right? 
Let's say I inherit it and somebody's already renting it and I inherit it. And I say, no, I'd rather sell it. I don't want to have the hassle of paying the tax. I'm not going to make enough money out of it. I couldn't afford to do all of that. I want to sell it. There you go. There's three months notice. It's not my fault those people are homeless. After that three months. No, 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 hang on. That's not my fault. That's the state's fault and everybody else's fault for not providing housing for those people or not providing adequate housing or enough housing for them to rent privately. That's not but my we're fault. We're in a situation now where tenants don't have any rights. And that's the oh, just of it. Stop it. Tenants tenants here, there's rights. no one buying to let anymore. There's no one buying to let anymore. Except so investors. This country went through years of people's for pensions buying to let. Them people are not buying houses, so they're marked. So them houses aren't coming onto but the market. Which is your same argument. You, landlords. They, no, no. But you're you you well, just saying the landlord. You're just saying the landlord wants to sell. So I'm driving landlords out. How am I trying to drive landlords out if you're saying you want to sell? Okay, fi- look, final caller because I have to wrap it up. Hey, uh, Sean. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Sorry, hi, Niall. How are you? Good, Sean. Go ahead. What do you want to say? Um, well, everybody is entitled, should be entitled actually to a house, Niall. Um, you know, it's, Jesus, it's, someone actually agrees with Peter today. Go ahead. Sorry, go on. All right, you know, you know, like, and, 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 and what really annoys me um, is that, look, I don't want to get down this road, but, you know, all the Ukrainians are getting houses, Noel, and, and you're the Sharns. Um, this is but they're not all there. getting houses, but, yes, yeah, some have got well, modular they're, homes. They're, they're outpassing the Irish, Noel. I, I know people that have been on the waiting list for a long time, and they're outpassing by them. And how is that, Noel? You know, how is this? How is this happening in our country, Noel? You know, um, when, you know, everything is getting worse. I, I booked a, a doctor appointment, uh, Noel. Do you know when I'm getting it? Next Wednesday. Hmm. Next second Wednesday. I'm not feeling great as it is now at the moment. No, you have to and plan have to, to be sick in Ireland now. You need to plan to This is sick. it, Noel. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, shocking, it's Noel. Tough. You know. No, it is. I'm, I'm fucking terrified I have to go to the hospital, Noel, because if I don't get any better, I'll end up in the hospital, and I know I will. And I don't want to go to the hospital because I'll probably end up worse again. But getting back to what we, we were saying here, Noel, we... Yeah. we we all need a house, Noel. We, of course, we do. Um, whether that is, and I've heard um, um, a different, a few different people on this saying, "Oh, sure, look, a free house. It's a free house. It's not a free house. It's the council's house. If they give a council house, um, yeah. it's the state's. It's the state's buildings. The state owns the buildings, and it's 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 provided to somebody that can't afford a house. You know, we all know this. We're not stupid. The landlords have been getting away with murder for years, Noel. We all know this. And unfortunately, when you say the landlords, them. don't generalize about landlords. They're not all the same. Well, they're not all bad people. They have been making it. No, I'm not saying they're all bad people, Noel. No way would I. I rented myself, Noel, before I got my big break. I, 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 I look, I, I had no choice but to rent. But, Noel, I was expect even back then, I was paying, paying extortionate amount of money. Um, and, and he was rubbing his fingers and toes together, Noel, for fuck's sake. And, you know, it, it, this gravy train was going to stop soon, somewhere sooner or later. I heard the other guy earlier on saying, um, "Oh, look, that's unfortunate what happened with with, with the tenants in this house." And um, realistically, Noel, I'm going to be on his side. I'd fuck him out if I could. You know, if you're not paying, you get the fuck out. Honestly, sorry for language. You have to get out. You can't. You can't. You can't have that, Noel. You know, it's the man's house at the end of the day. I heard what he said, and now because of the RTB and everything else, he can't walk to the front door. But I don't think. I, I don't think anybody's. You know, any, nobody has faith in the RTB, by the way, even Peter. So no, I, yeah, I, but, absolutely don't. You know, yeah, but 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 what I was saying is, now, landlords were getting a lot of money, and they were, and they were, and they, and they were buying another house and another house. I know a guy that was renting that house that I was renting ten years ago. He has three houses now, now. You know, so look, where does it all end? Where does it all stop? This is all one big fucking huge mess, lads. It is. It's one big mess. You know, um, and 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 it's all the way down from people that's living on and sleeping on the streets at night tonight. 
all the way up to the landlords that are, you know, are, are actually doing good. I, I know, and you, and you mentioned to me before, by the way, your son, I think it is, isn't it? They have €40,000 for a deposit. They have 50000 now, Noel. And they were told by the bank to come back when they had eighty. That's right, Noel. That's the that's point. That's, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. stupid. You know? Absolutely, Noel. I know. Sorry, well, sorry, I, story, I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, at least Peter would be delighted. Somebody agreed to say so for anyway. Well, I wish, wish him well with his health as well. It's more important. It's yeah, more important. Yeah, you know, yeah I hope you're okay, Sean, by the way, when you go to the doctor. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah. Good night to talk to you. You too. Oh, look, Billy. I'm sorry. Billy, how you doing? You're squeezing yourself in there at the end. I was supposed to finish. Oh, Peter. Oh, oh, Poor I, old I, Peter. I, I, I've been using up his whole lunch hour. <laughs> I, I sent a message in, but a question oh, for Peter, know, right? Of time to have a go. <laughs> go on, Billy, go on. P- P- Peter, how are you keeping? Listen, Peter, just a question Hi. for you, right? Say, say a family with three kids gets a council house, four-bedroom house, for example, right? Yeah. What happens when those kids grow up? Is it is it would it be okay for the family that for the parents then to be moved into a smaller property, or would you be advocating that the parents would stay in that four-bedroom family house and keep it from another family that might need it more? Oh well, again, if 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 you look at like other models, like look at look at Vienna, the Vienna model in Austria and stuff, where people move within complexes, for instance, if the if the family gets bigger or, or grows, or you know, there's places within the community where people can go, uh, so they stay within uh, general communities with people as well. So like, and there's facilities there as well for people. So again, if you're living in a, like a five bed house or something, uh, and you've all your kids have moved out, like there's no need for being a five bed account a public house and talking. So what about happens then? I think the point Billy's making is what happens then. Do the council well, they, they have to wait for you to want to go? But, yeah, but, there should like, be accommodation. Can, can, the council, it's, it's, can the council come in as, as as the owner of that property and say, "Okay, guys, your 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 kids are gone now. We're going to move you to somewhere that's more appropriate." Or would you be out protesting the fact that the council? Be no, doing there that? should be step down accommodation. There should be step down accommodation in the community for people. You know, if that was done with true proper with true proper planning, that's what should be done. Because if somebody, they should nobody under any circumstances should be staying in a five bedroom house. Like I know the other side of the coin. I know people in a two bed council flat with there's twelve people living in it. Uh, and they're and like both uh, parents are working, and there's all uh, older kids living there working as well, and paying a fortune in rent to live in the damp, and you know the usual issues like with with council tenants, uh, and it's a big issue. So like the, there's very few of those examples I think of people living in, in over uh, over the under occupied rather say council houses. So I think yeah, most certainly. Well, I think the point Billy is probably getting to is that if you look at the situation at the moment, it's so badly run. You've got you know Mary living in Finglas and her kids have all moved on and she's in a four bed house, and then you have a three a, a family with three children living in a two bedroom house somewhere, and it's just a mess. Yeah. It should, and it should be the other way around. It's, it's just, but that's what you need proper organization in your local council. Yeah, but the, the, but the point is, Billy is making: should we go into Mary and say, "Listen, Mary and Finglas, this house is too well, big for you." Aware of that. Well, they should be aware of that. People should be aware of a, of a public housing scheme with how, pub, how public housing In other words, it's, ne- it's never your house. In other words, we can move well, you out and into a different one at any time. Sorry, Billy. Yeah. There, there has been cases that have developed now where there's generational. People are inheriting their houses, the council house, from the parents. They're staying there after the fact and they might yeah. not have a family at all. You know, it, it's... A council house, like Peter, you're talking about going down the Vienna model or the European model, which is what I'd be a, a big fan of doing, where there's enough housing and it's affordable, um, and it's, it's it's run by an organisation that maintains it, which is which is great. But like with that model, you're not going to have generational generational ownership of a property that in in the end of the day belongs to the state because it just it can't be allowed to happen. Yeah, well, absolutely, and that, that's why the fundamental premise is to, is selling off of the, of the public house and stock built through public money that should be kept because it's a it's a, it's a practical measure that's actually a real solution to our, to the disaster within. 
And not that they're building anywhere near those council housing now. Since the founda- this isn't something that came from Margaret, the Margaret Thatcher school. This came from the foundation of the Irish state. What was about anything bad said about Margaret Thatcher? Well, to sell off council housing, like the, the, it was, it was, it was. Well, generally, what the, generally how it works is that what they do is to get people part of society. If you're a house owner, homeowner, you feel like, oh well, God, I'm going to do more for this area because I'm a homeowner, and it actually makes people more conservative. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, sorry, Billy. Just finally, because I have to wrap it up. Will you be voting yes or no based on what you know now? Will you be voting yes or no? Um, just from what, what you're listening to, I, I haven't ended on voting yes in this in this referendum. Um, like it's, I, I think change is needed, but I don't think you know the, I don't think the way that it's been proposed by the government is is the right way of doing it. Right. So you're going to vote no then. I, I will be. I'll be voting against uh, yeah. against the, the it being put in the constitution. Okay. Thanks very much, indeed. Uh Peter, listen, I've got to thank you for staying as long as you did. You were very brave and you took a lot of an awful lot of abuse there today as well <laughs> from people. I'm well used to it. Yeah, yeah. But, but, does it, but, 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 but does it disappoint you that the majority of people either texting or calling are going to vote no? Does that disappoint you? It's, well, it does to an extent. I think it has to be clarified, I think, around the uh, the wording of it. I think that's vital. I think the, to make it clarify, clarify what the meaning uh, works, because there are there was a couple of callers that made points. One caller in particular made a point around uh, the private family home and all this sort of stuff. And that stuff shouldn't be uh, anywhere next to an area, for instance, if somebody's living in a private home. Like, you know, this, mm-hmm. that should be, not, should be any intention of anybody's bill. Uh, like mm-hmm. there, if, for instance, if somebody was holding four or five houses empty in their local community, and letting them rot into vacancy and dereliction as well. There should be a social uh, responsibility on them to bring them back into use. And that, that's shown through a vacant home tax, for instance. Yeah. Uh, for instance, with the, if, they, if they pay the vacant home tax, it makes it prohibitive for them then to keep them empty, maybe rent them. What about, what about a bedroom tax, by the way? I know, I know that kind of they brought that in the UK for a while. So, and, and that would solve the problem that Billy was talking about earlier on, where Mary is living in Finglas in a four-bed house and all the family had moved on. You know, a bedroom tax... Would you agree with a bedroom tax? I'd, I'd be very, very reluctant to start looking at taxing people that are, uh, could be struggling. Like, you know, you have to look at the end of the well, well, No, you're not struggling. You, no, you do provide them with something else. Well, if a bedroom... Like a bedroom like, if somebody like, is not willing to step down, as you say, right? If somebody's not willing well, to take... step down accommodation. Absolutely. And, and, if, and that's great. For people in the community. And, and I agree with you. There should be. And if, but if somebody's not willing to take that step down accommodation, well, there has one, to be a, there has to be a recourse of uh, you know guidelines then to to go through after that, like rather mm-hmm. than going through these draconian measures and say you're staying in the five bedroom house, they're going to tax you for those four extra bedrooms. Like you know, you don't. I think they're they're very uh, draconian measures to take on somebody rather than actually making people aware of what their rights when they move into a home and that they, that they mm-hmm. fully aware of the expectations of them. Oh, right, well, listen, well, listen, Peter, again, thank you very much indeed for staying as long as you did. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time today. Thank no, you you're more than welcome. I'll keep the good work as well and take care. All right, there you go. Peter Dooley, who is the co-founder of the Dublin Renters Union, encouraging people to vote yes in that referendum. But but he is very conscious of the fact that the government need to word the referendum properly and to make sure people are comfortable with how the constitution will be changed. That referendum, by the way, will most likely be happening next year. Some of the uh, texts that are coming in here, Mike Savage says, uh, no. Um, somebody else says, it's not that difficult to get a home, work hard and save for a bit. You can buy homes 40 kilometres from Dublin for under 200,000. Melissa O'Neill says, how's the Irish first? Joss says, Ireland's full. How's our own first? I don't think that's really what we're talking about. But however, Maureen says, housing for the indigenous Irish people first. Well, a lot of people are kind of saying that, aren't they? Uh, Patrick says, uh, you must be joking. Who is going to pay for all of this? Everyone has to fend for themselves as best as they can. 
Few were born with silver spoons in our mouths, so we had to work and strive for what we have, our education, our careers, our relationships, our homes. Right. And I'm looking here as well, sorry. Uh, no, they shouldn't. It's harsh, but things shouldn't be given for free. It's the way the world works. As an argument, I do not believe no child should be homeless. I don't believe any child should be homeless as well. Now, can I mention as well that we, we had mentioned before Malachi Steenson, who's a regular to the show, um, uh, the solicitor. His sister was actually over in the Holy Lands in Nazareth at the time that the uh, everything has happened over the weekend between Hamas and Israel and Palestine. And um, she was concerned that she wouldn't get home, but it looks like... Um, yeah, it does look like that she actually got home. British Airways has uh, repatriation flights out of Israel to UK will begin today. So British Airways are actually repatriating people. Now, th there was a concern, by the way, that Maliki Steenson contacted the Department of um, Foreign Affairs here in Ireland and they did nothing for her. Michal Martin, of course, the Minister for Foreign Affairs, they did nothing for the Irish. There's 40 Irish people um, heading or were heading today to Tel Aviv Airport. And the Irish government did absolutely nothing for them. And as Maliki was contacting them, <coughs> pardon me, and ringing them, he was talking to his sister on the phone, and he could hear the, the air raids going off in the background. And yet the Irish government didn't seem too concerned about people going to Tel Aviv. Now remember, of course, Israel said they were targeting at one stage Tel Aviv airport. Um, and it's quite concerning. So as far as I know, um, the flight is at 2.15. So um, that hopefully she gets onto that flight and as I said, British Airways are using, are using their own flights now to repatriate people out of Israel into the UK. That'll begin today. Um, right, now, before we go, we've had a lot of interest in these. These are mugs, of course. This is the Nile Boylan podcast mug. We have new ones on the way, by the way, which are a slightly different colour. But these ones, we have about three or four of these left. And we gave one away yesterday um, on our website. And we're going to give away another two of those because we've three of them left until the other ones come on Monday or Tuesday. So if you want one, all you got to do is support the show. It's just a little incentive. It's a smug mug. Because when I'm drinking out of it, people are always saying I look very smug. <laughs> I am quite smug. So it's an all boiling podcast smug mug. And if you want a smug mug you have to subscribe on our website. Now, when I say subscribe, that's not... You can subscribe for a newsletter. That's free of charge. You must subscribe for a monthly payment. Now, the monthly payment is the price of a pint of beer. That's all we ask you for. We've no other way of making money on this show, by the way. People must have some sort of illusions that we're, you know, some advertiser or somebody or sponsor is giving us a huge amount of money. You can go to our website and subscribe for five ninety nine a month. It's the price of a pint of beer. That's all it is. The price of a pint of beer. And we'd ask you to do that for us if you possibly can, because it will really, really help us to continue to give you a platform uncensored every single day. Between Monday and Thursday, 12 to 1, and when you can go to our website, you can download all the previous episodes and watch every single one of them for that five ninety nine. It's not much to ask. Now, remember, of course, if you can't pay it, that's okay too. We understand there's a living, our cost of living crisis. So you can watch the show every single day between 12 and 1, or well, now it's half one at this stage, free of charge. We don't charge you for watching it. You're watching it right now. Nobody's charging you a penny. And as you can see, there's no advertising anywhere at all. No, no advertising. 
So nobody's paying us to let you see this right now. We do it because we want you to interact with the show. The only way we can make money is when it goes on Spotify, they might put a couple of ads on it, but I can tell you now that's not much money. So you can get it free to listen to on Spotify and all the usual places. But if you want to watch the show again, you can watch it on our website. And that's the only thing we ask you to pay for. And that's to support us. So please do it. We would ask you and encourage you to do it. And it's www.nileboylan.com. If you feel you can't pay monthly, or you might not be able to commit to that, don't forget, by the way, you can donate. Or if you want to donate more, if you feel, Jesus, lads, I love the show. I'd love to give you a thousand euro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Please do. We really need it. Or you want to give us 100 euro, 50 euro, and you want to give us a one-off payment. Fire away and do that. You can do that on the website too. There's a donate button on the subscribe page. A yellow button. You can't miss it on the bottom of the page. So if you want to give us just a once-off payment, you can do that on the website as well. There's a donate button there. You don't get anything for that except me saying thank you on the air. Not personally, obviously. But I just say thank you in expectation of you doing it. So if you can just afford a once-off payment, do it on the website, on the subscribe page, you'll see a donate button. But I would ask you to commit to giving a subscription for five ninety nine per month, the price of a pint of beer. Thank you very much to all those who have already done it. I really, really appreciate it. If anybody does it over the next two days, we will pick one person out per day and give them a mug. And for all those people who've already subscribed, we're bringing in a plan um, in the next couple of weeks, whereby once you subscribe for a certain period of time, you get a mug anyway. All right. And of course, share it with your friends. If you can't afford to pay, you could do us one thing, just one thing. Share a link to the show with your friends. Send it to your friends. Tell your friends about the show, where they can listen to it, where they can see it. Direct them to the website, nileboylan.com. Direct them to the Twitter daily or the Facebook page. But just share it. That's all we ask of you if you can't afford to do anything more than that. And we thank you for doing all of that. But please, please, try and subscribe to make this affordable for us so we can continue to do it. I don't want to ever get to a point where we say, we can't afford to do this anymore because we're not getting paid, by the way, for doing it. As you know, I have a job in radio at night that pays my salary. So I work a lot. I work day and night because I want to give people a voice. I really genuinely do. And I want to give you a voice without restrictions. That's why I do this. I'm my own boss. There's nobody above me. There's nobody telling me what I can and can't say. All right, so please support us. Go to the website, nileboylan.com. Don't forget this show, by the way, We'll be on the website and on all the user places in about an hour and a half or so. We put it up there later on. And you can listen back to it or watch it on the website, nileboylan.com. You can do that there. Until then, we'll be back again with you on Monday at 12 o'clock. Have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085 100 2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 